1: Awesome, awesome, boy. I always make, uh, I always make the joke, I, tell this, I told this to the youth the other day, I feel like I shared this with somebody else too. In life and in serving the church, God gives us certain talents and he gives us certain passions. And where God is almost always calling us to serve in the church is where these passions and these talents overlap. So I always laugh because, man, I have a passion for worship. Like, I love to worship. I love to sing. I love to worship. I mean, I wish I could write my own music. I have this huge passion bubble for worship, but then my talent bubble for worship? I don't think the stage is big enough for me to get to where the other bubble is over here, so I am not called to be on the worship team, but we have an amazing worship team. God is continuing to grow our team. We are excited about them. They're doing a great job. Andy, you're doing a great job, my friend. God is good. Amen. Let's pray before we hear what God has for us this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence and your power is here. We thank you, Father, for transforming lives. Father, and I just pray now that as I speak your word, what you have put on the inside of me to share, Father God, will just continue to change lives, pierce hearts. Father, will just give us a new illumination of your word of your goodness, your faithfulness, and what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, turn with me to Ephesians 5 and verse 8. We have been working our way through the book of Ephesians. We've been doing a series uh, called Identity. And we're at Ephesians 5, verse 8 uh, this week. And before I get there, I just want to give everybody a message, a Thanksgiving message. Are you ready for a Thanksgiving message from the Lord? God is working. That's it. That's what I got. God is working. Church, God is working. Roberto, God is working. He is working in your family. He's doing things in a different country right now on your behalf, in your family. God is working. And what he reminded me of is on Thanksgiving morning... We have, a, we have, obviously, we've got a lot of kids in a big family, and we've got a decent-sized turkey in the oven. But what he showed me as I was preparing for this message is over and over and over we take a little peek at that, per, at that turkey to see if the popper has popped. How many of you did a little looking at the popper this week, yeah? How many of you took a little sneak peek at that turkey and said, that little plastic popper on the turkey? Because when it pops, it means it's done. And we looked multiple times, I don't know how many times we went in, we had the, we had the oven light on, it was like, I can't see the popper, did it pop yet? What's going on? When is this thing going to get done? And I want you to know that the word from the Lord is God is working. You may not have seen the turkey popper pop yet, but it is working, your miracle is in the oven. I'm serious guys, the miracle is in the oven and it's okay to keep checking on it. It's okay to keep looking at it and saying, hey, has that miracle occurred yet? Has it popped yet? But the, Lord's, uh, the word of the Lord is, it's working. Amen. It's working, and it's going to pop. That turkey popper is going to pop, and God is going to completely fulfill the promise and the word of God that he has put in your life. Amen? That's the Thanksgiving word. Okay, now we're moving past Thanksgiving into Advent and this new season. So Ephesians 5, verse 8. And I want to review real quick before we hit that, the fundamental, the foundational verse for this series is 2 Corinthians 5.17. We have it it up there. Sorry, guys, I'm going to go backwards a verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. This is how we respond to the world has to become new. How we react in this Christmas season and leading up to Christmas has to become new. We have to change our approach. We cannot any longer be normal. Church, we have to stop being normal. Running around on Peach Street like everybody else. I'm not saying you can't go shopping. We went up on there on Black Friday. What is wrong with us? I don't know. We did it. In the afternoon. Granite. Okay, I wasn't going to arm wrestle or fight anybody in Walmart for a TV or anything. Like, I wasn't going there. But the Lord is calling us to be not normal. He's calling us to this new identity in Him. He's calling us to be a light into this world. He's calling us during this Advent season to be different and for people to begin to ask, why are you so calm in a time that is so stressful? This is what He's calling us to. Ephesians 5 verse 8 How many of did your homework assignment last week? The thankfulness list. Okay, if you were here last week, I gave out a homework assignment. I did mine. I had to do mine, right? I'm the one, when the teacher gives out the homework assignment and says that they're going to participate, they need to do it as well. Well, the homework assignment, it's not too late to start. And what I asked everybody to go do is just begin to make a list of things you're thankful for. Begin to make a list of things you're thankful for. And we wanted to do that leading up to Thanksgiving for a lot of reasons. One, we're with relatives. So, you know, we want to be thankful at all times, especially when we get around our relatives. But we want to have a spirit of thanksgiving. A spirit of thanksgiving in our hearts. Because what we saw last week is that spirit of thanksgiving, that spirit of trust, enters us into the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, there is peace and there is joy. And so when we want to enter into that kingdom, we need to be thankful for what God has blessed us with. Okay, so if you didn't do your homework assignment, you can start doing that this week. It's never too late to make a list of things you're thankful for. Ephesians 5.8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Just stop there just for a second. For you were once darkness, But now you are light in the Lord. I find this very, there's a little nuance here in how this is written. It is not that you are the light. There's a difference being the light or being light. You are actually light. God has put a light on the inside of you that is your new identity. So what does this even mean? It says, okay, so walk as children of light. Verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit... Is it all goodness, righteousness, and truth? Walk as children of light. When you think of somebody walking, they're on a journey. They're walking somewhere, they're going somewhere, they're doing maybe it's for exercise, maybe it's through the store, maybe it's walking around the mall, but they're doing something. They're walking. And what I find interesting is, you know, as a as a teacher of the Word of God, teacher of the Word of God, God it makes it very easy that I don't have to come up with some great new things on how to teach the Word of God. It's amazing that as you study the Word of God, it's like the teachings are already there. I just have to read the Scriptures. You know, it's just like like Pastor Jason. You don't have to say anything. Just read the Scriptures and we'll be okay, right? Let's feed on the Word of God. Now, there's a place for the anointed teaching. I'm not just going to read Scripture this morning. I get that. And by hearing and hearing the Word of God begins to build our faith. But what I'm saying is, is that God continually shows us what does it mean to walk as children of light? How do we do this? What does it mean? I don't understand God. It says walk as children of light. What am I? Okay, verse 10. He begins to show us exactly what to do. First thing, verse 10. Find out what is acceptable to the Lord. You want to walk as a child of light? To be light? You have to find out what is acceptable to the Lord. How do you find something out? You've got to ask questions. You've got to chew on this word. You have to understand what is the Bible trying to say. You have to study. You have to dig in. If you want to know something, you have to seek the answer. Do you not? So often in life, we're just like, well, I'm just waiting for the answer. Well, you're just waiting for the answer. That's okay. But are you seeking the answer? There's a difference between waiting for the answer and seeking for the answer. Find out what is acceptable to the Lord says go find it out yourself verse 11 how do we walk as children of light have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them ooh we could unpack this for a couple weeks i'm not going to spend too much time here what this is saying here is that you are light so you don't walk in darkness any longer we have to expose the darkness Because we are actually light. And what this is saying is we have to expose the darkness in this world. We also have to expose the darkness in our own lives by saying, Lord, show me. Reveal to me. This is what we talked about this morning at communion. What darkness in my life still exists that has to be rooted out? You want to walk as a child of light? This is what God is telling us we have to go do. I wrote down the word confession. Keeps coming up over and over and over. Confession. I don't have this up there, but James 5, 16 says this. Therefore, confess your sins one to another. Yeah, one to another. Accountability part. Somebody, we have to confess our sins one to another. Your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. This is not our favorite parts of Scripture. We don't enjoy doing this. It means we have to admit that we're doing something wrong not according to the Word of God. But what the Word of God is telling us, unless we do that, when we do that, that's right, when we do that, it begins to produce fruit and begins to totally transform our lives. First John 1, 9, if we, and this is the end if we freely admit, oh, freely admit that we have sinned and confessed our sins, he is faithful and just. What does that mean? True to his own nature and promises and will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness. We are light. We bring light into the darkness. That darkness is exposed. We confess our sins. God heals us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You know, we talk a lot about healing in this church. We talk about God's miraculous healing power. We lay hands on people. I I mean, if you look, if you study the word of God, there's like five or six very unique ways that God heals somebody. There's different ways. You can speak the word of God, and God, God heals you. You can have someone lay hands on you who is anointed to heal, and he heals you. You could just be in the presence of God, which we have seen in person at this church, and you heal. Nobody prayed for you? No, I mean, it's like Peter's shadow, right? It's like walking by, and whoa, I'm in God's presence. I'm in God's shadow right now. And we get, there's all these different ways, but there's another way that we don't talk about all enough. When you confess your sins one to another, when you ask for forgiveness for your sins, the Bible clearly says, and then you shall be healed you're looking for healing, physical healing in your life, and you've tried, and every spirited, anointed evangelist has laid their hands on you, and you still have not had your healing yet, continue to ask the Lord, what is it? What am I missing? What darkness do I need to expose in my life? Is there a sin that I need to confess in my own life? Thus I be healed. Because he wants that sin to be gone. Too often we think he's going to supernaturally heal us, but then he he doesn't want you to continue to walk in that sin. What happened when Jesus healed people? He healed them and said, go sin no more. Go sin no more. There's multiple ways to God's supernatural healing power. And if you need healing in in your life, you need to expose yourself to all of them. What is your plan? What is your will? Walk according to his will. Ask the questions. Lord, I need healing. How do you want to provide this healing to me? Sometimes it's just by studying the word of God. Sometimes it's just by being in his presence. Sometimes it's by the words that we speak. God heals in many different ways. Verse 12 says, For it's shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. He's talking about the children of darkness. But all these things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. I'm like, manifest? What does that mean? It means clear or obvious to the eye or mind. Ooh. So when light comes in, when you ask the Holy Spirit to move in your life and to move in the life of others and family, he does the work, he exposes the light, he is the one who exposes or brings the light and exposes the dark to make it clear and obvious to the eye or mind. Ooh. Verse 14 says, therefore, he says, awake. Again, how do I walk as a, ch- as a child of life? Awake, you who sleep. Wake up. Anybody have trouble waking up this morning? Come on now. It was a t- rainy, cold, still having some, is tri- what's a tryptophan? What is the turkey stuff? Right, if you have too many leftovers of turkey, there's that chemical in there that makes you want to sleep right, naps on, on Thursday afternoon and Friday and Saturday, right? It says, awake you who sleep. Get up! Pay attention to what the God has to say to us in this Thanksgiving and Christmas season. It says, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. Seek him and he brings you the light. He shows, he exposes, he is the one who does this. And then Paul continues. He keeps going. This is amazing. Verse 15 and I want, to spend, I want to spend some time here and then the following scriptures that talk about this. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Church, if we are not intentional about redeeming the time that God has given us, We will fall into the trap of the world. We will fall into the trap of the world. The rat race, the who's got something more, I need to have something better, blah, blah, blah. All the things of the world that come up if we are not intentional about this. And I'm challenging our family, I'm challenging us as a church that this holiday season that we do it differently. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I'm asking you to ask the Lord on this first day of Advent, today, December 1st, how does God want you and your family to celebrate Christmas this year? And I would challenge you, it's not the same as it always was. What does he have for you differently this year? Says, walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. What does that circumspectly mean? Watchful and discreet. Cautious, prudent. This is how God is telling us to to have this holiday season. Watchful, discreet, cautious, and prudent. I gave a message a while back. I just want to share the illustration from that, and hopefully this will help. Every day we get 24 hours. And as if every morning you woke up until the next time you woke up, somebody handed you 24 tickets you know like those little redeem these tickets like the blue ones or the red ones you get them on the big roll like for raffles or whatever you get 24 of those tickets every morning when you wake up and God is asking us he's going how are you going to use those 24 tickets what are you going to turn those 24 tickets in for is it sleep well, I hope a little bit is it taking care of yourself I hope a little bit is it feeding on God's word Absolutely. 24 tickets each day you get to intentionally use each precious hour that you've been given. You say, this is a lot of great words. This is very exciting, but how do I do it? Paul helps me to help you. Are you ready? He already tells us how to go do this. So verse 17. Verse 17, he's, he's telling us exactly how to do this therefore do not be unwise but understand what the will of the lord is the number one thing we need to number one you can write this down number one seek the will of god for your life you want to redeem the time you want to walk as children of light through this advent season the number one thing the first i'm going to be like six things here the first thing you have to go do is seek the will of god for your life what do you want us to go do this Christmas season? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to present Christmas to my kids, to my grandkids? Lord, what do you want to go do this Christmas season? We have to seek God's will in, this, in every season. We have to seek his will in this season. What is God's will for your life? If you don't know it, I suggest you ask the Lord, what is your will for my life? There are a lot of scriptures that give you generalizations of what the will of God is for your life, and then there's some specific things that he calls directly to you. If you don't know what that is, ask him. Kids in high school and college, I don't, know what, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it. Ask him. It's, this is what it's saying. Redeem the time. Don't waste your time going after something he hasn't called you to go do. You understand that this is, what, this is what Paul is teaching us. Saying if you don't want to waste your time, know what the will of God is for your life. You ought to be able to have an elevator speech. You know what an elevator speech is? Everybody hear with an elevator speech is? We used to use this in business a lot. An elevator speech is if you walk into the, the ground floor and an elevator opens and you walk in and just as about you to hit the number on whatever floor you're going into... The person that you've been waiting to talk to, the person that may be your boss, it might be the president, it might be whatever, walks in and gets in the elevator and it closes. And now you got about 30 seconds to say what you're going to say, to share what you need to share. It's called an elevator speech. And I challenge each and every one of you to have an elevator speech for your life. You want to redeem the time? You want to take advantage of your time? What is the elevator speech that God has calling on your life for? You ought to be able to articulate it quickly and know what it is. Life is too short to waste time. Matthew 6 says, Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Okay, so we have to understand the will of God in life. Number two, verse 18. Verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation. I'm like, what does that mean? This means squandered time, squandered money, squandered resource. So, number two is don't look to the world. Seek what God's will is for your life, number one, in this time, and then don't look to the world. I'm telling you, church, you are not going to find in the world a new way to do Christmas. I mean, you, I don't know. You could search a lot of blogs. You can go a lot of different places. You can Google a lot of things. But I suggest that you seek God's will and don't look to the world to show you how to do Christmas this year differently, how to walk differently, how to walk not normal, how to be transformed. Don't look to the world. Don't look to Instagram, Netflix, wherever. The second part of that verse 18 says, but do what? But be filled with the Spirit. You want to walk a through life? You want to redeem the time? You seek the will of God? You don't turn to the world? You don't say, this is what the world's going to do, so I think I'm going to go partner with that? No, you don't do that, but what do you do? You be filled with the Spirit you be filled with the Spirit because guess what? The Holy Spirit knows exactly what you need to do. Exactly how you need to do it. Which gifts you're supposed to get your kids. I'm not saying don't buy gifts. I mean, I'm not humbugging here, you know. We can enjoy this season. Yes, we can get gifts. Yes, we can do exciting things together. What specifically is God asking you to go do when we seek Him through His Holy Spirit? We are filled with that Spirit. God begins to reveal to us and show us. And then verse 19 gives us the next thing. It says we need to speak, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The fourth thing we need to do to redeem the time is to encourage one another. When I say encourage one another, what I mean is if you want to redeem the time, then you need to understand who God has placed right in front of you in that hour that he has placed that person in front of you. You want to be intentional about not wasting time? Then you need to be present in the moment in which God has placed you. You turned that ticket in, one of those 24 tickets, you turned it in and said, Lord, have your way, I'm seeking you, and he put someone right in front of you, and you're looking past them to the next thing. Your mind is distracted by the, the list of gifts that you have to get. Or the, the, the office staff Christmas party. The secret Santa you got to go do. But he's asking, he says, your children are right in front of you. Your spouse is right in front of you. Your friends are right in front of you. You want to redeem the time? You need to encourage the people who are right in front of you. Right in front of you. With psalms, with hymns, with spiritual songs. I'd encourage you, there's probably some psalms that you probably don't want to use. <laughs> if anybody has read through the psalms, it's like, destroy this person, destroy. Okay, I'm saying, you get it. or I'm saying, use the psalms that are uplifting and encouraging. You can read all the psalms, but don't use them all, you know, with everybody. You get that, right? Okay? All right, don't miss this precious time that God has given you. Life is short. God's saying, redeem this season, redeem this time. It's an Advent season. If you've never participated in Advent as a family, I would challenge you to ask the Lord, is that what you want us to go do this year? There's Advent. There's the, you can do the candle lighting. You can do devotionals. You can do all kinds. You can do things with your family who is distant. You can send them an email once a day. There's so many things that you can go do for this season. And I'm not going to dictate what it is, but I'd ask that you would ask God, what does he have for you? Then the rest of that verse is singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. The fifth thing we can do to redeem our time in this season is to worship. It's to worship. To be in a constant state of worship. To worship while we wait on God. To worship while we're looking to see if the popper has popped yet. Asking for that miracle. Seeing that transformation. We worship while we wait. Because when we worship, we put our focus on him and take the focus off of us. And when we worship and magnify him, our problems, our challenges become smaller. And he leads us and he guides us specifically on how to spend our time. The verse said the days are evil. You get that. If you are not intentionally spending your time, the days are evil. Which means you can very quickly get wrapped up in a lot of wasting of time. Because the enemy wants you to waste your time. He wants you to be thinking about everything else but what God has placed right in front of you. We need to worship. And the last one here in verse 20 says, give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The last thing here we can do to redeem our time is to give thanks. To be thankful. This is Thanksgiving weekend. We looked last week. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. We actually enter into his presence as we give thanks. This is how we walk in peace. We give thanks for who he is and what he's done. So I challenge you, church, during this Advent season... What does he want you to do? How does he want you to redeem this time? Seek his will for this time. Don't waste it. Don't be distracted by things that are not of him. Don't look to the world. Encourage one another. Worship. Seeking him with your whole heart. Finding out what his will is. And then giving thanks for who he is. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this Advent season. We thank you, Father, that you have done an amazing work already here this morning, that you kicked off the Advent season better than we could have ever done so ourselves. Father, I just pray a blessing over each family here, that you would lead them, you would guide them as they seek you in these next 24 days, 25 days leading up to Christmas, that they will seek your plans, your purposes, your will, that as they seek to redeem their time, you would speak to them through your Holy Spirit. Father, you would give us the strength not to turn to the world and do what the world does, but do what you have us, what you would have us to go do. And Father, I ask, Lord, as we worship and as we give thanks, that you reveal to us every hour that we're in, every ticket that we've turned in, that we would use that time intentionally to encourage those who are right in front of us. To be a people of encouragement. To be a people of love. To be a people of light in this holiday season. And Father, we're just so thankful for Jesus. We're thankful for His sacrifice. For leaving His kingdom in heaven and coming down living a perfect life dying for our sins so that we may be healed and then thank you that your holy spirit rose him from the grave so that we can live for eternity with you and father i pray that we will not lose sight of this true meaning of christmas the true meaning of your birth, the true meaning of the miraculous as we seek you in this place, in our families, in our lives, in our jobs, in our marriages, in our parenting. And in all ways, Father, we ask that you redeem the time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, prayer leaders, if you guys want to come up here. If you need prayer in your life for anything at all, any way, shape, or form, healing, relationships, whatever, there's there's people up here that will pray with you. Uh, I encourage you to come up. I know the time is late, but the time always seems to be late when we're wrapping up. So get used to this This is kind of like the, the new MO, the new normal here. So this is how it goes. So I just encourage you to come up here and get prayer. Otherwise, I just wish you a happy Thanksgiving weekend, amazing Advent season, and I encourage you to do it differently this year. Amen? Amen. All right, let me just read this blessing as you go. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Amen. Amen. You are
0: dismissed. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly faith communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5:7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.